So you want to rock an aesthetics career? <laughs> yes, please. Welcome to a brand new episode of Illuminating the Path, where you'll get your weekly shot of real career direction. And maybe a little tea. I'm Patty. Marissa here. Coming straight to you from the world's beauty mecca. LA, baby. Illuminating the Path starts now. Let's go. Hey, guys. Welcome back. We are kicking off season two already. It's exciting to be, like, moving right along. We had a little bit of a hiatus from season one. Um, we had some really good developments, actually. A lovely nurse Marissa is with us again today. Welcome. Hi welcome. Um, you just got certified during this little hiatus. You got certified. Tell I us about certified. that. I'm certified. I'm um, certified. So, yes, I I passed my CAN certification exam. Uh, let's see, this was in November, I believe, right before the holidays, which mm-hmm. um, I've been wanting to do. I've talked about it on a previous podcast, but super, um, gosh, I don't know. I, it's something that I've been wanting for a long time since I even knew what it was. So just so for the listeners that don't know what it is, uh, the CAN certification is the only board certification that you can get for aesthetics and you have to be a nurse or a PA, RN, PA. And it's really the only type of certification for what we do, even dermatologists, even, um, you know, ENT doctors, there's really no certification for aesthetics. So it is something not a lot of people know about, but if you are an RN or an NP, it's definitely something that you should look into and should be a goal for uh, your career. Talking about things, you know, limited things to what we do, um, you know, we're going to be going deep, deep into the AMSPA um, experience this past weekend. We're all hopped up. We've got so much to talk about. Um, but, you know, just to give a little context, if you haven't checked out AMSPA and you don't know what it is, um, don't be surprised. Not a lot of people in our industry know what it is yet. Um, we are in infancy stages. We are in brand new wild, wild west. We've said this before in previous podcasts. This is a whole new um, chapter to um, the industry. Med Spa was kind of a, I don't know, for lack of a better term, bougie kind of service that you would be able to get if you saved up hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it was right along lines with going to like plastic surgery offices and, you know, and mostly done by people in, you know, those levels of, um, of, of the practice. Now Med Spa is more of a attainable, affordable um, model for good old aesthetics, good old keeping up, you know, with one's well-being and um, and aesthetics appearance. And so more and more, it's starting to get um, more mainstream. I always say these folks that have been kind of raised on the YouTube channels, learning the makeup trends, learning all those great techniques, um, mostly millennials, um, learning how to, you know, look their best are now, you know, going to be graduating over to how to preserve that beautiful canvas mm-hmm. because millennials just turned 42, I believe the first, uh, first round of, of millennials, uh, this past year. Mm-hmm. So, and babies are coming and all kinds of fun stuff. So it's, um, it's a time right now. It's definitely the time to be thinking about aesthetics, to be doing more in uh, research and figuring out where you want to actually get your niche going because, um, there it's, it's, 
there's so much to it. And so we're going to talk about what AMSPA brings to the table and why we like to go to those conferences. Now, this was your first year there, Marissa, right? Right. Yeah, it was my first conference there. I've been to Vegas Cosmetic Surgery. Uh, I did that two years in a row. So it was in Las Vegas also, but definitely a completely different type of conference and the type of lectures and talks that were given. This was definitely not as like, not as like, I don't know. I don't know what the word is, but there was a lot of doctors at Vegas cosmetic surgery. This was clinical. Yeah. Yeah. A lot more, a lot lighter, but definitely had some good, good variety for everyone. Right. A lot of variety, a lot of good talks, but, um, there, I mean, it's so worth it to go to these conferences and I'll let you get into like your experience. Cause I know you've been to the AMSPA conference before, but the, it, it is worth every single penny to go to these conferences. You, the networking, the information, mm-hmm. I mean, there is, you can get so many questions answered in a few days, years and years of studying and watching videos and reading. You can get that, all those questions that you have answered by going to these conferences. And it also really looks good to your, when you're posting it on your social media, looking good to your clients and yeah, to your credentials people, you, yeah, right. Absolutely. That you're going to these and educating yourself and investing in your education. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think this is my third one or fourth one that I've been to and, um, every year they get, they get better and there's more to offer. Um, you know, Alex, I believe is the CEO. Um, he's an attorney and what better than an attorney to head up all these great practices and things that we're all kind of always worried about making sure we're staying compliant, making sure we've got everything, all the boxes checked. And so that was kind of attractive learning, you know, that it was headed up by an attorney. Then you've got your doctor panels, you've got your specialists that are, you know, social media, sales, business, marketing. Um, and then you have your technical experts that are very technical. Some of them, um, I'll let you kind of highlight some of the folks you listen to, Marissa, but are, you know, superstars all over um, social media and they're sharing their knowledge and getting some really good, um, good foundation out there for everyone to really understand that there's, uh, you know, a half-assed way to do this stuff. And then there's the real way to do this right. stuff. And so, um, we're all about the real way to do it. The, the compliant way staying, you know, really, really alert and aware of what's, you know, what's what, because it can be kind of, um, a little daunting, you know, when you really get in the weeds and it's absolutely frightening when you're, you're in trouble. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, but to give some highlights, you know, the, the conference kicked off with a fun superstar panel. Um, it was fun to see Dr. Nassif, Paul Nassif there. Um, yeah, I think, you call, I think it's Nassif. 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 (laughs) Anyhow, um, everybody knows who he is, um, from botched. And so it's, um, it was kind of fun to see because, you know, plastic surgeon with all these accolades, you know, what's he doing at a med spa conference, but he's crossing over too. And he's launching his product line and doing stuff like that. You know, we saw Dr. K who's always been such a huge, um, great teacher at the conferences 
And um, one of the, the folks that stood out to me, and I think also to you, Marissa, was Shelby Miller, um, you know, kind of a rookie. She's a boss, the- babe. She yeah. is. So, I'm so like in awe of her. What she's yeah. just being a mom. And yeah, she had this beautiful pink dress on. I don't know if you guys see it all on her Instagram, but she like, even her fashion sense, I'm just like, oh, <laughs> <You're all>. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it was fun because we got a chance to really kind of get a, a, a glimpse of it all, you know, new new folks coming to the scene folks that have been in the scene for a while folks that are you know in the plastic surgery I call it like the top of the pyramid the plastic surgery realm you know going med spa route which tells you that if you're a nurse and or an esthetician or anyone that is even a doctor looking across over to med spa there is no wrong or right way to do it in the in the timing you're you can cross over you can you can start you know working on your med spa career at any point in your career any point in the game the challenge is whether or not you kick off things in the right way and you listen to the right people and you're making sure things are really really um clear for you so that you have good direction one of the takeaways i had um you guys i've been sharing about like um with you guys about my franchising efforts and how we're kicking that off this year and i can't tell you how many doctors i met at the conference asking me, you know, when are you going to franchise? When are you going to, um, when can I get one of your franchises going? And for me, that's a great affirmation because I'm like, yeah, exactly. We have the play-by-play, the playbook for you to not have to worry Mm-hmm. And have, you know, all of these great pieces and the support team behind it. That's the biggest piece that I learned years ago from being in a franchise that wasn't supportive, that left us all in limbo. And I thought, no, there's definitely going to, there's got to be a better way. And so start by going deep into, you know, the, the knowledge banks. And this is such a great organization to do that with um, because they bring so much to, you know, what, we're doing. They bring, they, they highlight everyone's on the same, um, even though everyone's at a different level of what, um, what they're doing, everyone's on the same journey. Everyone's on the same, um, just path of questions and, you know, even, even techniques, share some of the techniques and things that you picked up on. Cause I mean, you, you even played with dead people while you were there. I did the dead heads. The de- <laughs> <laughs> um, well, just a little disclaimer. I mean, I, I'm constantly reading, educating myself. My, I drive my husband crazy because I'm always on my phone watching videos. Oh, what are you watching now? And oh, would I, tell me when not to look. So I don't want to see, a, you know, <laughs> cadaver. And I, I attended a Aesthetic Next conference last year. I forget how many months ago it was, but it was a virtual conference where you can watch all of the live streaming. Well, it's not live, but it's recorded video. So a lot of the lectures were actually the same from aesthetic next. However, it was different because we were able to ask questions. Um, and you can never, the more that you see it and you hear it, the more that it really becomes ingrained in your skills and your memory. Um, cause it's, you know, it's very overwhelming when you're learning and first starting out. So the more that you see it, the more that you really will, you know, remember when you're okay. So how exactly do I do, you know, an under eye and okay. I've seen, um, this lecture a few times and now I know exactly what to do. And it's not something that you forget. So for someone that's brand new or just starting out less than two years experience, 
they will get so much out of this conference or any conference, really. I mean, I remember when I first went to the VCS, Vegas Cosmetic Surgery in 2017, I'd been in aesthetics for seven years, but I'd never gone to a conference. And I was just like blown away with how much I was learning. I had a huge thick notebook of notes and um, I, it was just so much information and there's really, it's really, really good if you, um, really in all levels too, because there's, a, there's other things that you can get out of it if it's repetitive for you. Um, one thing that I would have done differently is I would have gone and seen some of the business lectures and some of the more skincare or some of the kind of the ones that you are um, watching, but I, we can watch it virtually since we bought the virtual ticket. So, but you know, there's, you always get something out of it. Um, so what I, you're saying in essence, you got, you got a good uh, overview of what you already had been studying. Right. Um, and then, you know, you probably are going to now go and get the business side of the house when you do the virtual. Definitely. Yeah. The yeah. business side and some, there was, so the way that they have it set up, if you've never been to a conference, they have multiple conference rooms with lectures going on at the same time. And you kind of have to pick and choose which one you want to watch or be a part of. So if you, there was two usually clinical ones going on at the same time, clinical being, um, you know, the stuff that the nurses and the injectors um, are going to want to watch. So injectables, lasers, um, microneedling, new, uh, there's sometimes sponsored lectures by some of the companies. So yeah, Galderma, Allergan, all of them were there. Yeah. Right. So you, we have to kind of pick and choose and you can kind of bounce back from room to room, but there's, uh, yeah, there's definitely a wide variety of different lectures that you can attend. And I have to say, you know, in years past, we didn't have to pay for that virtual. I, I think it's kind of financially genius for them to like stack them all together. It's like yeah. you can't possibly go to all of them at one time. So here, buy a ticket. Yeah. And I was kind of like, uh, but, you know, I get that there's just a lot of content and, you know, you want to be able to cover all of it. So it's a good option. Um, but I feel like it's it's a, it's a must, you guys, it's a must to have, you know, these, these people in your, in your radar, um, watching what they're doing, what they're saying, how they're, because it is so easy. And I, let me just kind of, you know, give just some, like from experience, some, I hope I don't get PTSD from talking about it, but, um, (laughs) you know, when you go into work at one of these med spas, um, nine times out of 10, that doctor doesn't always have every ounce of knowledge. And they're probably doing something else. They're probably a, a dermatologist or maybe a plastic surgeon, or maybe they're not even in the aesthetics world at all. And they're, maybe they're off doing, you know, general, we have, we've had doctors and they have ERs and all kinds of stuff. So there's a lot of other things going on in that doctor's life, they're not necessarily taking the time and energy to learn the latest and greatest in aesthetics. They're also not always seasoned up on what the legal, you know, aspects and and things are there. We've heard now multiple times of, you know, setups with as far as can you be a contractor in certain states? Can you be, do you have to be an employee? You know, all these little things that come into play and affect your practice, because if you're, you know, off and running with what you're doing and you don't have um, your ducks in a row, that's a distraction that can give you a little bit of anxiety. And so in years past, I've found that 
And I and mind you, I've been consulting and working on med spa now for over 10 years in some capacity or another, whether I've been invested on the spa side of the house or I've been a manager or I've been called in just to be a, a turnaround management consultant, um, you know, for, for struggling ones. Um, I've been involved and it, I have seen every facet, every aspect of what this industry um, in, in its inception, it's in early years has to offer. And I can tell you with a hundred percent, you know, you know, confidence that they don't have it all figured out. And so what does that mean for you as a licensee? Well, a lot, because you're held responsible, you know, on every level, a machine isn't functioning properly. And you're, and you're told that you need to treat the patient anyways. Um, you have, you know, don't have idea how, you know, Botox was, was calibrated, you know, what was the mixing, you know, calibration and you're told go, go inject the patient anyway. Um, all of these little things that come into play. And so, um, it's absolutely critical that, you know, certain things, po uh, policies, procedures, protocols, all these things are in place so that you can have, you know, a good, easy work day without, you're always going to have problems. Problems are always going to come up, but the kind that are, you know, easy to handle, not the kind that are going to cause you to lose your license or worse, you know, cause the whole place to shut down and things like that, that you always hear those horror stories about. So that's why we're, we're so much about, you know, get aligned with, with these folks, get to know them, watch their stories, watch, you know, when you go to these conferences, you know, attend, get as much as you can out of, and then have like a list of questions and things that you want to follow up on um, and be super clear as to your journey, because nobody is going to do that for you. No one's going to come along and say, Hey, are you really learning and growing? Are you understanding how, you know, the business side of things work um, that one of the takeaways, I love Terry Ross. If you haven't listened to her podcast, um, definitely look her up. She's always at these conferences. I think she started back when this, this conference was like itty bitty and just like one room handful of people kind of thing. And um, she teaches sales. And one of the things that I took away from the conference that I always have to remind myself is that we are salespeople. I don't care if you have an RN license, a doctor, you know, you're a doctor, any of that stuff. This is a cash business. This is an elective service. This is something that people choose to do for themselves. It's not a life or death. It's not going, no one's going to, you know, decide to do it out of obligation. It is an absolutely um, just feel better business. And so in that respect, you know, you're not only selling the service that people are coming in for, you're also selling yourself. And if you're not working at selling yourself and what that means is getting, you know, your social media up, getting, you know, your before and afters, getting, you know, a website, personal website, you know, one that you can link to the, the main company, um, all these things, then you're not truly showing up in this business. And that's one of the biggest takeaways I feel for any nurse, um, especially the ones that, you know, are brand new looking to get into this is that, you can't just dabble. You may have a hospital job. You may have a, um, a, another, another obligation. You can't just show up a day or two a week and expect to have an aesthetics career. And you certainly can't expect the rest of us to invest in you 
to get you learning and training and all that good stuff. If you're not, you know, able to invest the time and energy, sometimes you may say, I, I can't afford to leave my, my job. You, you don't have to, you're going to have you to can, take a pay cut. I mean, you may take to... a pay cut. Yeah. yeah. And you may only work this business three days a week, three full days a week. But I promise you, there's so much demand for nurses that if you really work to get that schedule balanced and you're like, okay, I'm going to put three days a week towards this and, you know, this business, and then I'm going to, you know, pick up shifts for two days a week to pay, you know, the bulk of my bills, right? You start slow and you work with um, companies that are willing to support you through that process. Um, Then you will be fine, but you have to set your mind to, to do it. And you have to set your mind to do it the right way and breaking away. I mean, everyone loses a little money by going to these conferences. Well, yeah, that I was going to say, I, that happened to me. I took a pay cut to take a full-time job at a dermatology office mm-hmm. and it was something I'd been interviewing. So this was after I left the spa that we worked at. Um, this was, I think three or four years later, but I had moved. I was looking for a dermatology or plastic surgery office for like a year or two. I was interviewing. I was, well, I don't think I actually got any interviews until that one, but um, applying everywhere and finally got an offer to position as a full-time uh, cosmetic dermatology nurse. And I was going to quit my home health job, which I was making six figures doing. And they wanted to offer me something not in that price range or that salary. Uh, and, but I wanted it, you know, I wanted it. It was something, it was um, something I'd been looking to do for a long time and had to take a pay cut. That's just the reality of it. And we all take pay cuts because at the end of the day, you know, those of us that are invested on the business side, um, it's, you know, it it looks, and this is kind of the, the, the running joke at the conferences is like, everybody thinks that you are pulling up some kind of, you know, truck to the back of the building and you're loading up your millions to, you know, and all of that. And it's, it's like so far from the truth. Right. Um, you, you absolutely, I, I talk to a lot of people that are um, founders and entrepreneurs and working on building brands and all of that good stuff in this space and, um, and launching product lines. And everybody takes a pay cut because, you know, first and foremost, you're building a brand new business. Um, You're working to have that work-life balance in the end. And you're working to actually enjoy going into work and doing something that is so much fun. And so at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, is, is it worth it? Do I want to be able to look back on my, on my efforts, my work and say, you know, I had a ton of fun, you know, doing the work that I did long story short, it does end up paying off tremendously because we have nurses right now that charge anywhere between 75 to hundred bucks an hour, sometimes more depending on service they're doing for sure. So, yeah, I mean, you're in, you're in that space now, Marissa, where you can pick and choose your days. You can, you know, when you come in, your schedule's full, you've got good amount of, you know, clients returning and all that stuff. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a reward at the end of it. And the, I mean, the job that I took where it was a pay cut, that was because I had only, I hadn't been working in aesthetics for a year and I had maybe one or two years of experience, but at that job, they were willing to train me. I learned so much at that job that was with the dermatologist and it was mm-hmm. a 50 employee practice, huge office, 13 offices or 13 um, rooms. And, but at, what it was, was it, that was an investment. Mm-hmm. It was an investment. And now I'm able to take what I learned from that job 
And now I'm able to make the kind of money that I was making at that job even more actually at that home health job. And then I'm actually liking it. I hated doing home health. And you're often doing trainings and you're getting paid, you know, what, what allergen people get paid to come in to do a training. So it's like, yeah, it, there is definitely, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but no pun intended, but, um, it's, but yeah, it's very much about making that decision for yourself and asking yourself, am I going to spend, you know, those, those years and the prime of my life really when my body is not hurting yet um you know lifting and and you know patients and dealing with covid you know emergencies and all that stuff kudos to those folks i mean applaud those folks so much that do that obviously we need those people and so honorable to do that but after years and years and years i'm only telling you from experience from talking to you know applicants that have come in once they've been in the hospital and these ladies are tired and they've been in you know they've been hauling patients and running around hospitals and all that with their compression socks on and all this stuff for years and their bodies hurt and they just look tired and it's like then they want to take you know the steps towards an aesthetics career well, by that time, it's a little harder, guys, because you got to really, first of all, you got to freshen up your look because you are what you sell. I always tell everybody in the office, if you're showing up wrecked, like you've been sleeping, you just rolled out of bed and threw on some scrubs, like you're going to the hospital, you need to know you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to be selling a whole lot of yourself or products or services. People are buying what they're looking at. Right. So um, you need to have, you know, hair, some light, you know, tasteful makeup, and you just got to look fresh because that's what they're there for is to freshen their look. Right. right. And the right amount and the right amount, a small amount of injectables is good. A little, you know, a little conservative, not going too crazy. Yeah which you did see, you do see a lot of that. I mean, if, if, if you're starting later in the game and not to, not to say you can't absolutely can't, I mean, my mentor who's been in the game for a long time, she just turned 60 this year. Uh, we have a podcast coming up with Becky Duke soon. Um, and she's, you know, she's, she's got fresh skin and I mean, but she's, she's invested in herself. And so it doesn't really matter the age, but you know, you just need to be thinking along the lines of like, what do I need to do? Prepare. What do, you know? How do I get myself into? And the earlier you start, the better. The more you plan ahead, the better. So these tools, like AmSpa, like the um, the different um, conferences that Marissa is mentioning, those are essential to kick things off in the right direction. Um, the other thing that I really want to um, just heighten awareness about, and I talked about it earlier, is your market, you know, you are serving and they said it over and over again. There was a gal there, Tiffany Hall. Um, she did some breakouts on millennials and social media and data gathering and, you know, really understanding who we're serving. You know, there's a limited amount of boomers and a limited amount of Xers out there right now. The market is millennial and millennials are not going to age like, you know, their moms did. They're going to invest in their products. They're going to invest in their treatments. They're going to want easy access to those treatments. That means if you go to work for a med spa that does not have bookings online or an app or some kind of service that way, you're going to be really struggling with getting your clients, you know, 
dialed in, get them in the door, getting them, you know, a lot of, you should be paperless, you know, ask those questions before you go to work for a med spa. Are you guys paperless? Or are you still doing those paper charts? You know, that's a huge deal because you want to be able to cross populate information quickly with your doctors, with the people that are holding you compliant. And you can't do that if there's a paper chart sitting on, you know, in some filing cabinet somewhere. So ask that question, ask the question about how photographs, you know, do you have a, a, a library of your before and afters for photographs? Do you have a protocol in place for before and after? Right. Um, a yeah. lot of people are taking them on their phones. One note about that too. Ask if you're interviewing, ask them if they will allow you to post if you're working for an office that's already established or interviewing, if you're able to post your patients before and afters on your own social media, because there are offices that won't allow you to, cause it's property of the spa, just depending on what kind of practice they are, but that's important too. You, you want to build your brand. Yeah. You don't have a, a, a gallery or a history of your work. I mean, this is aesthetic. This is visual. So you have to be able to show your work in some way, shape or form. So if the office is closed off and they're like, no, 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 you can't do it. Not even with a signed consent. Um, You can't post anything. You can't post procedures. You can't post. Then that's a red flag. You don't want to work for someone that is going to limit you that way because your name, your brand, who you are in this space is absolutely going to ride on the fact that you have a presence online. You're showing people what you do. You can easily, you know, pull up your Instagram and get, get immediate, you know, communication happening with, you know, future prospects. Anybody can tell you how many times I've had somebody even, you know, in social environments say, you know, what is that you do? Blah, blah, blah. I'll just pull up our Instagram. I'll say, this is so-and-so's and I'll even click on some of the nurses in their stuff and say, this is, you know, so-and-so that does specializes in this. And I mean, I'm literally selling them from their Instagram pages um, to come in and book with them. And yeah. that's how we keep our schedules full so that your office managers should be, you know, kind of progressively minded that way to be marketing and talking about you and showing your work as well. Right. Um, so it's a big, it's a big um, combination of things. And these are the reasons why we want you to start, you know, taking the time, investing the money to go to these conferences, learn, understand how the people that are really doing it are doing it well. Um, these people are not messing around. They're making great money. Um, they're spending a lot of money in, on themselves, on their staff, um, all of it to really bring the best of the best to the table. And, um, and they're talking about it. Right. For sure. What are some of the other uh, folks you like listening to on a technical level and, and got some good insight? So the first, the first day, which was, it started Thursday, but there weren't any talks that day. So we started on Friday, I believe. And so Dr. Gretchen Freeling, she's a dermato, I hope I'm saying this right, dermatopathologist, Mm -hmm. um, who, yeah, oh my gosh, she's very, um, super, super brilliant. She had a lecture with Dr. Zoe um, Gazzola on diversity in injectables, which I wish they could have talked more about it. It kind of ran late and they weren't able to accept questions, but I think that was really um, inspiring and important because you don't see a lot of diversity when it comes to these trainings and treating everybody the same ratios. And I'll just speak from experience. I mean, my half of my family, my husband is black and, you know, I have um, sister-in-laws and, and family members that reach out to me 
asking me for advice for their skin. And, um, you know, I educate myself, but I honestly don't, I don't see it a lot out there for, um, patients that are wanting help with their skin and their skin of color and dermatologists that don't, that don't specialize in it, or maybe they just don't see a lot of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I know on Instagram, Dr. Corey Hartman, he's, I think based out of Atlanta, but he's always um, posting about, you know, different, um, skin care for, you know, people of color. Dr. Zoe is the same way. Most of her patients are African-American. So that was really important. I think that we need to see more of that. Um, And then, so Dr. Uh, Freeling also had one on um, the forehead and forehead injections and forehead injections, either with filler or neurotoxin. Filler is kind of like the problem child there. It's really hard to perfect the forehead because that's the one that you can either, you know, feel heavy or get a Spock brow or cause an eyelid ptosis where it looks like, you know, you have a, a stroke. So that was a good one. I got a lot out of that one. It took a lot of notes. Um, Shelby Miller, who we mentioned before, she, so she did an IG live with, I don't know if you've heard of Dr. Christian Subio, but he is a plastic surgeon. She, this was during quarantine, I think almost two years ago now, but she did a under eye, um, IG live with Dr. Subio. And she, I had been following her work prior to that. She had these beautiful, um, before and after photos of her under eyes and always wanted to know how does she do that? Because it was just, it looked like the patient had had a lower eyelid surgery. So she was open enough to share her techniques on the IG live. I took so many notes. I actually screen recorded it and referred back to it, but I've been, I saw that IG live. I saw the aesthetic next, which was the same lecture that she did at AMSPA. But again, the more that you see it, the more that I'm, I'm reading it and um, taking notes, reviewing my notes, the more I'm like perfecting that technique. So I'm kind of m- mimicking and getting ideas from her, how she did her under eye technique. So that was really, I love, I love the fact that there's someone like Shelby who's willing to go and put her techniques out there for others to learn because Mm -hmm. they're not, aren't, there aren't a lot of people like that in the industry that are kind of very secretive and they, they're not going to share their techniques. So, or you have to pay a ton of money to go and, and figure out how they do what they do. So I always appreciate that. And there was also a good panel on social media. I don't know if you're in that one, but it was um, basically social media, everything about social media and why you need a social media and um, how Shelby was part of that too. And she was talking about how she was, I think her first year being on her own, she made like one and a half million dollars. She, she built a hundred and a half million and 99% 99% of the people that came in to see her are from her Instagram account. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's not in a big market either. So, I mean, she's in Utah, but it's like, right. that's not like a giant metropolitan city, you know, in, in, right. in those cases compared right. to some of other cities. So yeah. a lot of these folks are really, you know, and that's such and again, we, we talked about how important it is to really build up your apparent uh, like presence on social media, because it's, it's everything when it comes down to people credentialing you, they're going to decide they want to work for with you based on what they see, how people are reacting to what you po- uh, post and what you share. Right. Um, and then, you know, the days of, of people going to like 
credible resources and like what I mean I don't even I don't think I've ever even looked up anybody on the Better Business Bureau and piece that's like <laughs> but I mean Yelp and all that stuff I mean yeah people check that out but they are looking at you know how many followers does she have you know do people are people responding are these her patients that you're posting you know is you know are they happy are they you know and so they're wanting to see that energy TikTok oh my gosh Mm-hmm. huge, huge way of getting, um, just so much traffic and so much attention to your work. Um, even if you're not doing a ton of it, it's right. okay. So, um, yeah, big, big advocate of making sure that you are able to, to post, you know, they even talked about, um, you know, there was this, this kind of thing about like, nobody wants to see the nurses and dances dancing on <laughs> conversations like that. I tend to disagree with that. I feel like that's fine for, you know, whoever thinks that I mean, I wasn't in that car. I heard it from. Yeah. I was in that one. Were yeah, you? That was, that was a social media. Well, no, it was the all-star panel with, oh. um, I forget there was, yeah. I was just like, you know, no, they don't necessarily, they're not pulling up these people dancing to say, I'm going to spend time getting entertained by these people. They're actually connecting with these people on a informal level and dorking out. And that's okay because you want to have the kind of reputation that you're approachable. You're um, you, you've got, you know, you're just a person that happens to do aesthetics in a really great way. You know, I say that to our nurses. I'm like, I, that's why we're called loose lounge. It's because I I didn't want it. I want people to feel like they're coming into a lounge environment where they're coming in to see friends that happen to do aesthetics right and then it becomes and you hear it you know it's like we're not we're definitely not one of these like zen spas in any way shape or form it's the music's um, you know definitely bouncing and there's like definitely like everyone you can hear everybody's conversation like laughing and you know all that stuff not not in detail but you hear the muttering you know and it's loud and so um, that's the energy. That's what we thrive on. And when the place is hopping like that, it, it makes all the difference in the world. People are so happy. And if the ones that are unhappy and that are going to yelp and start, you know, it, they're probably not happy in their own lives and they've got something else going on. But in general, it's it's a fun place. So, I mean, that's the kind of energy. And again, if you're looking for a place to go work, you know, go there as a patient and see what kind of vibe you get from it and see how it fits you and your personality. If you're a quiet, kind of laid back person and you want that, great. But if right. you want more of that other kind of, you know, fun, you don't be afraid to ask for that and say, do you guys ever just kind of like get a little crazy and have some fun? Do you ever do some TikTok dancing? <laughs> yeah. Do, 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 do you have a TikTok? <laughs> do you look at their TikTok? I don't have time to do TikTok. I mean, I, I opened, I forgot my password, but Instagram takes up so much of my time. I do a lot of stories though. And and that's fine. I mean, I do a lot of stories. Yeah. It makes a big, and you make reels, which is great. I mean, that's kind of the equivalent of it. Um, so people are getting to know you. Um, that's the key. That's the takeaway is getting to know you. And there, we all have like limited time, limited capacity, limited mental bandwidth nowadays to even go socialize, not to mention, you know, the lack of social, you know, opportunities with all this COVID stuff that people are hungry for this. They want to get to know you. They want to know they, and, and it's not just some talking head, you know, this is how we do this procedure. Um, you know, they want to get to know you on an informal level. And so to me, I feel like sometimes getting out there and doing a little, you know, our girls are dancing in the spa and I, every time they post something like that, I'm like, go, go. Have fun. Right. 
Um, but there also will be those, the patients that are looking just for a deal, you know, and they may not even really care who they're going to see. And that might not one, that might not be your, your patient. Yeah. And I feel that that was a big takeaway too, from the conferences, you know, the, the slap on the hands for everybody that's cutting deals, cutting deals. One big note to make, you know, to self is, um, you know, guys, we had a very generous, um, everybody got paid to sit home moment here not too long ago. Um, those funds have dried up and people are now getting letters about having to pay things back and pay back unemployment and companies are having to pay back all that, you know, free money that they got. And sometimes you get forgiveness, sometimes you don't. Mm-hmm. And so with all those moments, you're going to start seeing things that are, you know, drying up, um, in the form of money and the fluidity of it. Um, that, that one of the, takeaways from the ANSPA, um, like the business side was, you know, during COVID and the pandemic, it was one of the most record, everyone else was shut down, but you know, the med spa industry was booming. I'm like, hell yeah, it was booming because there was a lot of free money given out. And there's a lot of people who be like, I don't need this right now, but I'm going to go get my, you know, get my aesthetics on. Right. And so, and you see people driving cars that are like not in their financials. Like it was crazy. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I'm sure there was a lot of money, but now's the time when things are getting a little tighter. So, um, don't be afraid to start looking at creative ways. Number one, free marketing, all the social media stuff we're talking about. Number two, get very, very comfortable with knowing your numbers Uh, We have a list in the office. It's called lowest we can go. And everyone knows that, you know, we have our our retail prices and we got our specials and we got all that stuff. And then we've got a bottom of the barrel. I probably shouldn't talk about this because it's kind of like the off menu menu, but Mm -hmm. um, everyone can reference that lowest we can go. And then that way where it's like, it's the, the lowest price you can offer a client before you lose your ass. And so, um, have have those conversations with your doctors and your administrators too, because as things get tighter, you know, jobs and all of that in this space um, are going to get a little bit more. Um, I want to say multiplex because you know what goes on in those rooms is going to have to be a little bit more than just the the everyday stuff. It's the demand's going to get a little tighter, and people are going to be looking for a deal. It's not going to dry up, and people are always going to invest in themselves but they're going to be looking for deals. So get comfortable with that. And that was one of the things I wish would have been more uh, of the top of conversation at this conference was what do we do when things start getting tighter? And yes, money's flowing right now, but it doesn't mean it's going to stay that way. Um, How do we keep momentum and keep things um, on the up and up? Um, I'm probably going to do a little bit of a, um, a breakout on that too, because if anyone knows, you know, our style, we, we do a lot of, um, those Groupons and stuff like that, but with the intention of upselling and we always, well, Groupons only like 10% of our business, but we get tons and tons of, um, repeat business. And we actually upsell those people up to 10 times what they came in on that Groupon for. So yeah, things like that, start looking for those type of, of, um, teachings and ways to get more and more of those, um, folks converted. Mm-hmm. Cool. Anything else you want to add, Marissa, before we wrap? Um, one one class that I attended, which was extra on top of the AMSPA, the con- the conference was uh, Dr. Chris Surick's anatomy course, the the Deadhead course. Deadhead. But oh my god, I 
I've been wanting to do a cadaver course. I know it sounds really like, uh, um, but there is, there's, there was nothing like it. I mean, I learned so much in that six hour class and I have in, in 10 years. I mean, it just makes it all those videos in the books and the pictures you see, it makes it all come just come to light. And okay, this is now I'm understanding what I'm feeling when I'm in the skin with the, with the cannula. Mm-hmm. So look into, if you are injecting filler and, or you're going to start injecting filler, please, please look into Dr. Surik's course. He makes it very easy to understand. Anatomy can be very complicated, but he, the way that he instructs, he, he's just a fantastic lecturer and um, they're going around the country to do different anatomy and cadaver courses. So originally it was, right? I believe it's a bus. I'm not sure, but I know that he does have a course in uh, his hometown and his home office in uh, Kansas City, but they are going around town and I think there's dates this year, but that is definitely well worth every single penny. It definitely is eye-opening. It kind of makes your, um, kind of gives you, call it butt chills (laughs) when you're, when you're injecting, like, oh, I probably shouldn't have injected that way, but it also has helped me feel a lot safer doing those really dangerous places such as the temples and um well temples really is kind of in the under eyes too so mm-hmm. it's so so important if you uh, are injecting filler because it can you can blind someone and it could ruin your career so definitely yeah. do that so that was a highlight and that was the grand finale and um I was really happy that I was there. actually when I heard about AMSPA I looked at the agenda and saw that his course was going to be there. And that was actually one of the reasons why I really wanted to go was because Dr. Sir's course, because I'd been wanting to go to the Kansas city course, but it's really far. So yeah. yeah. Very cool. Well, again, guys, um, hope you got a little bit of some takeaway from all of this. Definitely, um, you know, look for some of these resources, some of the folks that we've mentioned, uh, follow them. You're going to get a wealth of information and by all means, reach out to us if you need some direction. Um, and we look forward to spending season two with you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. We will catch you next time. Take care. Yeah.